Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B&E. What's B&E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan, on the Horn, 1049, AM 1260, and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Buck off Thursday on B&E. Every Thursday brought to you by and powered by the Austin Gamblers Pro Rodeo. Austin's Pro Rodeo team. Hopefully you're taking in the uh, the ride or expect, are planning to do so shortly. The eight-part docuseries behind the scenes of the PBR and its inaugural season. Guaranteed to be uh, fast-paced, high-octane. Also great storytelling in that uh, series, The Ride. I think you'll like it a lot. Austin Gamblers, one of the three teams featured behind the scenes in, uh, in year one. Pretty good stuff. So check that out. Also, get us your buck-ons and buck-offs. You're going to have a, a best buck-off by the end of the day. Also, you can do it on Twitter. The Horn ATX is where you'll fire them up. You can do a video. Much like Drew Brees did a little video for the Westlake baseball team. You could do a video buck-off and send it to us via Twitter or just write out your buck-off. Who needs it? Uh, a lot of the conversation around the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan and uh, what's going on this week. Big buck-ons to Lionel Messi joining uh, you know, turning down billions from that Saudi Arabia public fund to play at MLS and be a part of uh, David Beckham's team down there at Inter-Miami. Speaking of Miami, the uh, much-anticipated decision on Dalvin Cook is coming quickly, Buck. Um, this report right here says, according to a source, Dalvin Cook will be released tomorrow. Tomorrow which if you want to translate that, that means if you're an interested team that wants to keep him off the market and maybe would willing to trade for Dalvin Cook, do it now. <laughs> do it today. Do it today. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, as we find out with DeAndre Hopkins, once a player is released, because remember when DeAndre Hopkins was still property of the Arizona Cardinals or, or you know, under contract with the Arizona Cardinals, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to trade for him and then work out the financials if they could. Uh, but the, the Cardinals couldn't work out that compensation. And once he was released... Well, now DeAndre Hopkins, as a 31-year-old receiver, is going to play the market and find out who's willing to give him the most of what he wants, oh, yeah. right? And so, you know, to trade for a player, you acquire their contract and his talents, but you keep him off the open market. Dalvin Cook is about to be in the same situation. And you're talking about a 27-year-old th- running back, Buck, who's one of the better playmakers in the league, coming off a 1,000-yard season. He scored 52 career touchdowns. Or if that guy goes to Miami, goes back home. Well, and that's the word. Wow! Because uh, when you become a free agent, you get to choose. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have been interested in the in acquiring, but I think the Dolphins know good and well that if he gets released, they're his first choice. There's also been Buffalo. How about that little interdivision rivalry that could could ensue? Because his brother James Cook plays for the Buffalo Bills, and they're close, and maybe he could go there or go back home to Miami. You just spent all these years in Minnesota freezing his ass off. He's from Miami. I don't know if he's going to run to Buffalo. He could do like Messi and run to Miami. <laughs> yeah. Now that team would be something else. Well, I put them in front of the Jets then. 
Well, it's all about to his health, to his health. But, um, you know, that's that's a dynamic offense. And Mike McDaniel now in year two with that team, with all those weapons, adding another one like that. And remember, they drafted Devon A-Chain out of A&M, the speedster who's a you know threat to go the distance on any play, even in the NFL. Uh, creative ways to use him, too. So uh, we'll watch for that story to develop. Oh, by the way, breaking news, breaking news from your Dallas Cowboys in the NFL. A lot of breaking news this week, Buck. In this hour, PGA Tour's decision, uh, Lionel Messi, that decision came down yesterday in the 9 o'clock hour. Dallas Cowboys are going through their mandatory minicamp. And we now, we love this when, when athletes do this for us. We now have a, a, an actual name for the new Cowboys offense. Yeah, the Mike McCarthy-led, Dak Prescott quarterback, Dallas Cowboys offense is called? The Big Mac attack. Close. No. Just Big Mac. Uh, and glossed by the quarterback, Dak Prescott, who says they, they, they're taken to calling the new offense the Texas Coast. The Texas. So the West Coast offense? It's a, it's, yes, it's, it's the Texas version of the West Coast offense. I see. Yes. You like that? called it the Third Coast. The Third Coast is Houston, correct? Can't it call could it be, that. It be Texas as a whole. <laughs> yeah, because Houston in the rap world and the hip hop world is the Third Coast, correct, Ty? Correct. Yeah, the Texas Coast. The less pick offense? Yeah, let's throw less interceptions offense. That's what it should be called. Less is more, Dak. Wow. Uh, Maybe more running. Uh, It says here, funny, this is the Texas Coast. We just renamed that, the quarterback. It's got definitely some West Coast principles, but it has a little bit of what we've done in the past and just obviously marrying them together with a lot of detail and maybe a sense, uh, a system that's not out there. So there you go. The Texas Coast. Ty, I don't know. It's going to take him a year to get used to this in 17 games, how like is the real so, live games. How is the offense, like the scheme's not going to be any different, right? Well, you just heard it's, it. There's a, it's, it's, it's what they kind of were running under Kellen Moore, but Mike McCarthy's bringing back a lot of the, some of the principles he leaned on when he was in Green Bay for so many years. And, when, and when they were in the barn. And Yes. And, <laughs> and I got, again, if you're Mike McCarthy and you're – you, know, you you called plays for a long time, and you, you know he was based in the West Coast offense for so long, right? Coming through with oh yeah, this is what Mike all was, that time in the barn was for. Yes, yeah. right. this moment, this moment well, is and, right. And look, you're you're obviously if you're a smart coach, which which I assume Mike McCarthy is, you're going to build your offense around what Dak Prescott does really well, right? If you're rebuilding or tinkering with or retooling the offense, taking what Kellen Moore did that he did well, and then adding some wrinkles that are going to accentuate how what's going to help your quarterback. And that probably is a lot of running and a lot of play action, maybe some uh, move the pocket action and, and boots and those kind of things, because uh, Dak is better when he, you know, doesn't. Dak is a better quarterback when he doesn't have to carry the offense, and that's that's the case for most every quarterback. There are only a few with the Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers in his prime of the world that can, you know, Joe Burrow can carry an offense, but at the same time, you know, build this offense around Dak. But it's called the Texas Coast. The Texas Coast. All right. And buck on to here, it says buck on to Eva Longoria, who, by the way, grew up on the Texas coast in Corpus Christi. Nice throw. Yeah, she threw out the first pitch at the uh, at the uh, Texas Rangers game last night. I'll also say on a buck on, buck off, buck off to, uh, you know, the injury for J- Jacob deGrom. You know, Ty asked me if that if I'm happy to see Jacob deGrom get hurt, and that is not true. I hate seeing that. I hated watching that video of him in tears, you know, talking about, have an undergo Tommy John surgery again. He knows what that rehab is like. Oh yeah, and and look, he knows there were a lot of expectations on a five-year, hundred eighty-five million dollar deal, and now he's now going to you know be in that category of 
he makes how much <laughs> to not pitch, and uh, that was not what he had, had him planned. And obviously, the Rangers knew the red flags when they signed him. Uh, they're winning without him, but as I said earlier, you know, the, a loss like Jacob Degrom uh, hurts you come playoff time because it looked like the Rangers are on their way to being a playoff team. That's the guy you want climbing the hill in game one of a series with that 100-mile-an-hour stuff and the velocity. Uh, just dominate a series, put him on the mound a couple of times in a series, and you're not, not, not going to have that. You, you like your pitching staff right now. Nathan Evaldi's been great. Martin Perez has been really good. Dane Dunning, but, man, you know, come postseason times where you miss him. And we'll get a possible postseason preview series this weekend with the Rangers in the Rays. Uh, they're going to play in Tropicana Field three games starting tomorrow night. A uh, 45-win team against a 40-win team. It's the only two ball clubs in baseball with 40-plus wins now. 60-plus games into the season, so pretty good and looking forward to that this weekend. But no Jacob DeGrom, and he likely won't pitch again until the end of next year, which is that Tommy John procedure. Unfortunate, for sure. Well, that's too bad. He's such a great pitcher when he's healthy and oh, ready to go. so much fun to watch. It says, Josh Allen had the most interceptions last season, just saying. Well, look, with Josh Allen, they've got to retool that. I mean, I think there was clear regression with Brian Dayball taking the head coaching job with the New York Giants. And leaving that offense to Ken Dorsey, that you know Josh Allen wasn't as good. He wasn't as careful with the football. They didn't run the ball as well. And I think in Buffalo, they're trying to, to figure some things out. Trying too. to get a running back that can really help out. Uh, Dalvin Cook, that would help. <laughs> uh, James Cook is there as brother, but Miami's the likely destination when he's out. Let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. Uh, we know a story like this drops uh, yesterday with Lionel Messi, uh, the, maybe the greatest soccer player ever to play, football player ever to play on a global basis, over 800 career goals for club and country. Uh, he is joining Inter-Miami of the MLS. Let's go to our man Glenn Davis from Soccer Matters. Uh, he's covered the MLS uh, it, its a, entire existence. And uh, we can say welcome to the show, Glenn. And uh, how big a day was yesterday for the, the MLS now and into the future? Aaron Bucky, thanks for having me on. I thought you wanted me to talk about the Texas Rangers who never lose. Yeah, they don't oh. have to lose. We could do that, but uh, your thoughts on... No, no, I don't think you want to do that. Uh, <laughs> look, this was a, a big day. You're bringing the most identifiable, popular athlete in the world here. And, you know, one thing I said to myself was like, you know, if you think of the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, it's, it's not possible to make a signing in those leagues that's defining like this, that can create this attention that could impact an overall league at so many levels in so many ways and levels we don't even know right now. Um, Inter-Miami's social media went from 2.1 to 4.5 million in 12 hours, wow. That's more than in five years. So it's crazy attention. Um, it's exciting. Uh, you know, Austin FC is going to benefit, but uh, it is it is a very big deal. Uh, and for the reasons you stated, uh, you know, how, how does the league capitalize on this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's going to play on the pitch for, for Inter-Miami this year. Uh, you get to see him. You're gonna, that's why the Apple Plus subscriptions are part of his deal coming. And you got to imagine Apple, with their $2 billion investment in the league, would like to, you know, not just get subscriptions for their service in the United States, but, you know, outside of the U.S. That probably comes for people wanting to watch Messi. Uh, obviously, how do you capitalize on it? And how do the other teams in this league capitalize, including Austin FC, on, on this, this, this identity and this, this interest they're going to gain? Yeah, you said it. Like, he's going to get a piece of the Apple subscriptions, the Adidas, you know, every uniform that's sold. Um, you know, there's probably going to be some a piece of uh, Inter-Miami itself, Jorge Massa's club and Beckham's club. So merchandise, tickets, awareness, new fans potentially. 
uh, I think without a doubt, you're going to see a lot of new fans and unique fans coming to this league simply because of Lionel Messi and then the exposure it's going to get uh, globally, right? I mean, look at yesterday and today and just the conversation in mainstream media. Uh, season tickets are blowing up in, in, in Miami. Now, I will say one thing. It's not official yet. There's still some, uh, you know, the I's have to be dotted and some of the T's have to be crossed. But it, it seems, it does seem inevitable. They're going to have to surround him with the right players, obviously, in Miami. He's come out and said this is easier from a lifestyle perspective from him and his family. And I think we have to remember he was at PSG in France where he has become a free agent. And, you know, the French, the French were hammering him quite a bit um, because they did not, uh, advance in the Champions League and got eliminated. So I think lifestyle and those things, but th- there's just so much to be gained from Major League Soccer. I mean, you just signed the most popular athlete in the entire world, and he's a World Cup winner, and he's still at the height of his game. You know, nothing like this since Pele came to the Cosmos, you know? I know Beckham was a star before he was a soccer star. He was just a star, you know? He was a stud of a good-looking man, the whole works, you know what I mean? This... But when Pele came to the Cosmos, this seems like this is this is the same thing all over again, Glenn. Yeah, this is a really good point, Bucky, um, because, you know, we have these watershed moments with soccer. And I think we're all tired of, oh, this is the defining moment. It's going to yep. change the game forever. And we all know it's imp- incremental things that that help grow, grow the sport in this country. Um, World Cups, you know, when we host them and they happen every four years. So Pelé was the first one. Beckham took the awareness of Major League Soccer to unbelievable levels. And now this is Lionel Messi who will pop it again. Um, and, you know, look, we compete. The sport of soccer competes with three other major sports in this country. Lifestyle, that's before I even talk about hockey, now technology. So it's got a lot more competition than it does in countries around the world. Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, for Austin FC, I know this year they're struggling. We get the uh, the hashtag fire Josh Wolf crowd every morning now. Um, you know they're struggling, but you know th- this could be a boon for for every team in the league. And, the, and we talked earlier with a frequent guest on your show, Soccer Matters, Glenn uh, Eric Goodman with the Austin Chronicle here, and he talked about maybe pushing yep. to to loosen some salary cap rules and um, you know using this messy you know signing as a springboard for other teams to try to lure you know, great international players and other players of this ilk under similar deals to, to, to continue to grow the league and, you know, not push for the parity like, like, like has been the case with the salary caps and how they do things. Well, it's a centralized league. He's technically signing with the league. And, yeah. you know, what Eric says is true. These are the types of things that I think can springboard out of a signing like this, of this stature. Um, I, I don't think any question – and, and Messi, you know, look, is going to influence everybody. And we talked about Apple and we talked about Adidas, but, you know, he's also going to get support and probably investment from every single owner in the league. Every single owner in the league is also helping to pay for him to come here because of the way the league is structured. In some ways, people might be saying, hey, that's pretty weird. You know, you're basically – helping bring a guy who's going to try to beat you on every weekend in MLS. And he's the greatest player in the world. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but that's the way uh, this deal pretty much has to be structured. And that's me from a very layman standpoint, but that's how this deal has to be structured. So Anthony Precourt, the owner of Austin FC is, is, is in some ways helping to bring this guy to major league soccer. 
Uh, I, I know this. He's he screwed up my World Cup ticket prices. <laughs> you know, I haven't had it. I didn't get a chance to get them for 2026 yet, but I, I'm in line for them. And I just the, the it just skyrocketed, of course, because if he does just happen to play in in, in 2026, which would make him about 38, 39 years old, that is going to be that that would be incredible, especially in our area around here, Glenn, where there's you know he's going to be in Dallas, he's going to be in Houston if he were to play. That'd be amazing. Yeah, no question. And I think you do connect it, the, the dots to the World Cup coming here in 2026. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that these two things certainly play off each other in a beautiful way. You also have the Copa America coming here again as well, which, you know, he's likely going to be playing for Argentina in that. So there, there, there's so much going on right now. But, you know, I just think that to sign what many believe is the greatest player in the history of the game, still playing well, seven times he's won the Ballon d'Or. He's the current World Cup holder. Uh, we all saw and lived the experience of Argentina winning that World Cup. I, it's just it's pretty pretty mind, mind-blowing kind of stuff here, really. Agreed, agreed. Real quick, switching gears, Glenn, on our, our closing question. Austin FC now, middle of the pack or below in the Western Conference. Uh, fans not real happy with Joshua. Well, if you got to see them up close playing the Houston Dynamo a couple weeks ago, what are what are you noticing? They're seeing that are the struggles that are leading to the struggles for this Austin FC team coming off a year in which they they played to the played to the final four. It was always going to be a different year with all the other competitions that they qualified for based on the amazing season they had last year. Uh, I think it's a multitude of things right now. Fagundes is not having the year, so. I think, you know, player performance, Triussi's been injured. He's coming back. You lost Ruben Gabrielson. Um, there's a lot of things going on here. Now, the beauty of MLS is that you have a lot of time to figure things out. But player performance is going to have to improve. Uh, tactically, I think they, they, they've got to get better. And, you know, I, I look to maybe four or five guys that have had really consistent seasons. And after that, um, I'm saying no. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you can hide one or two players. You can't hide, you know, four or five. So yeah. uh, player performance, you know, you guys know this league works in three segments. You got the transfer window. Let's see if anything happens there. And then you get into the money time in the final third of the season. But you look at the standings and they're not even far out of a playoff spot. So, you know, the lack of consequence for not having a great season in MLS it, it, it's evidence, just the way the league is set up. So you have time to figure things out. And when they play at Inter Miami on July the first, the Austin FC is there. There any chance that Messi is playing and on the pitch in that match, or is he likely to not be there yet? No chance. No, no chance. chance, in my opinion. Um, he will. He will be probably taking a couple weeks off, and then he's got to get fit and train again to get up to a level where he feels he plays. I would say more. End of July, uh, that's what it looks like to me beginning of August. All right. Appreciate it, Glenn. Always great stuff. And uh, all the great stuff can content on Twitter and, of course, Soccer Matters on Monday nights here on the Horn at 7 o'clock following the Austin FC, the MLS, and the global game of soccer. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Glenn. Bucky, Aaron, thanks a lot, guys. Nice talking to you both. As always. As always. All right. There you go. That's what we got. Uh, not going to play against Austin FC, so don't get your tickets now. And you can't get a ticket to that match. No. Think about what he said, though. In one 12-hour period, signing Lionel Messi, all the social media accounts of the Miami Inter-Miami MLS team, which has been around for five years, had uh, had acquired 2.5 million followers. 
or two million followers. Yesterday in twelve hours signing Lionel Messi, they're over four and a half million. So that is the the global reach that this this brings. And you know, it speaks back to the Apple deal that you know Apple is investing two billion dollars into the TV deal to broadcast all MLS games. They didn't do that just to broadcast oh, to no. this country. They did that to hopefully eventually broadcast to the world. And how do you get the world to tune into MLS? You got to bring in players from around the world that people recognize and identify with and put them on your teams. So that's where this messy situation with Apple could be a domino to future great players joining the league. And, you know, think of if somehow Miami were able to make the playoffs with Messi. Probably won't this year. They're way down there. But uh, you'll get, get get into a playoff situation where he's trying to lead that team. That would be very interesting uh, this year or next. So uh, big story, big story right there that impacts our, our Austin MLS team as well. Uh, the other big stories of the day. We'll keep it rolling. It's B&E with you on a Buck Off Thursday. I'm chilling with my broad and you already know. It's if you Bucky want me, and Aaron. Me on the dialogue, if I don't call back, don't put on a show. When I pass by your house and blow, instead of knocking on your door. with my broad and you already know. And if you want to reach me, hit me on the dialogue. If I don't call back, don't put on a show. When I pass by your house and blow. All right, Zion, don't get upset. <laughs> if I don't call you up, I pass by your house. There he is. What is this tune there? I like that. That's uh, Big Hawk. That's some Third Coast rap for you right there. Good one. That have any uh, Zion intention? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> right. Come on for. now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, uh, dust settling in the, on the Lionel Messi move to uh, Inter Miami. As uh, Glenn says, it's not officially official yet, but uh, on its way. Also, the um, the first golf since the major merger announced earlier in the week is being played, and it is the uh, the uh, Royal the RBC Canadian Open. Playing up there outside of Toronto, Toronto, Canada. And, you know, we talked earlier in the week to our guy, our buddy Omar Uresti on Wednesday, and Omar's playing in this tournament. Uh, he's, you know, teeing off this afternoon, so we root for him. Right now, your leader uh, is Justin Rose. You got Rosie. Oh, man, Minus Rose. five, along with someone named Bryce Garnett. And uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's up on the leaderboard. Remember, Rory McElroy is the uh, two time back to back winner of this event. Oh, he's too pissed today to be doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, everyone's going to have to get to uh, the new head of all of golf in the world, essentially, after this deal, uh, and that is uh, Yasir al-Rumayan. Uh, he, is, uh, he, is the, he is the governor of the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Uh, he is also the chairman of the board of Aramco. Yeah, let's just keep him out of the good old boys network. Oh, he's in it. This is what he's been trying to buy. Um, not, not, not this, but I'm talking about the other good old boys network called the yeah. NFL. Well, this is the most powerful man in sports in the world right now, um, we know. And, you know, his moves, forming the Live Tour, uh, poaching players, and you know, all the money spent was, was to, to force what, what, what happened this week. You know, people still criticizing Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour for accepting it, but at some point you, you can't – what are you going to do? You can't spend, you know, yeah, time he, in court he, all the time. Jay needs a job. He wasn't going to have a job. There weren't going to be any PGA. Well, Jay, Jay has a job at the top of this whole new umbrella, but above him is His Excellency Yasir al-Rumayan. Uh, and, again, when he's not just the the head of LIV and head of that tour, he is – I mean, he's a guy that can alter economies and disrupt industries and does right. it all the time. So his his strategy against the PGA Tour and golf and the European Tour, he, he's used many times to disrupt industries. Overtake. Yeah. And, I mean, good. He's also the chairman of the board of Aramco, the state oil company of Saudi Arabia. I mean, I mean 
powerful that is uh, to be the governor of that, the chairman of the board. He's easily the most powerful person in the world who's not a head of state. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's, he's not an elected leader, but he may be more powerful than heads of states. And that's who now Jay Monahan reports to. And here's what I find now interesting. I mean, the whole thing is interesting. But Rory McIlroy yesterday at his uh, his press conference alluded to the fact that, you know, the live tour is going to not exist. It's going to be gone. Uh, you know, not as many words. Jay Monahan has talked about how under this new agreement that, that you know, we can move forward without dealing with live. But and then later in the day, Greg Norman has a conference call and a meeting with all of his live employees and tells them the exact opposite. Full steam ahead. Now we don't have any restrictions. Now we can grow this league and go. Uh, you know, that's going to be interesting uh, because, again, the live tour and the team golf concept is the baby of his excellency. Uh, this was his brainchild, his idea, and his way to force. I mean, when you say good old boys never buck, I know you're talking about NFL and NFL owners, but this guy has a, a passion and a love for the game of golf that is deep and longstanding, and he wanted a seat at the table with the good old boys. He wanted to be have a, a huge influence on the game of golf and has bullied and forced his way to this point, and now he is golf, essentially. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, how does the Live Tour coexist with the PGA Tour? Uh, and the, the DP World Tour moving forward, they all are under one umbrella, but answer to, to this guy, you know, that becomes you know really interesting conversation. Nothing you know, I thought about yesterday, e, I was thinking, does this, are the groups like Callaway and Titleist going to start worrying about, wait a minute, what if this group now wants to start, well, they're just by a company. It's not like they have to start their own manufacturers of, you know, sort of like uh, Mizuno and things like that. I mean, will they do that? Will they start getting into the entire golf industry when it comes to club making and, and balls and everything else? Or do they well, just buy out somebody that's that's faltering a little bit? Well, let me say it this way. I mean, uh, here, here with the merger, and this is why people are so upset at the PGA Tour for going here, I've didn't, I don't think they had much of an option. And the long game was might have been the end of the PGA Tour with all the lawsuits and the fights back and forth and players continuing to bolt to live for the for the green uh but you know so the pga tour got taken over essentially mm -hmm. but to your question there's a story i'm reading right now about you know, the meeting that went on yesterday with the live employees and uh greg norman and uh, one of the marketing executives for live is quoted as saying that uh you know when the, when the announcement of the merger was given her phone was ringing off the hook for sponsors that now want to be a part of live that were oh, wouldn't touch it okay wouldn't touch it and now all of a sudden it's under the one umbrella, and this is the sports washing that everyone is is mad about mm -hmm. and upset about that that because Yasser Al Al Rumayan is, you know, this wealthy, this powerful, and was able to push for this. Well, now it it gives cover to the big sponsors who didn't want to go, wouldn't sponsor Live, wouldn't be a part of it because sure. it was a radioactive brand. Well, that's not anymore. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like the, the players from Live weren't using Titleist clubs or Callaway well, sure clubs. Sure, they were, but they weren't wearing the brand. Right, but they, they, they weren't. They were no longer. You know, but they can brand their own manufacturers of clubs and things like that. I don't that. think they're going there, but they are. Remember, they they were using golf as one of the because they have the you know, the uh, the Vision Twenty Thirty plan that they've got that they've set set of the course to make uh, Saudi Arabia. And the Arabian Peninsula, you know, a, a, a tourist destination sure. for folks all over the world, and it was for a, golf and everything else, and for everything. Right? Most people have golf. People have money, and and the the influence of golf started the whole thing because of, you know, being able to bring a, a PGA Tour event or a PGA or golf event to 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 right, that area. I guess who was playing in that Tiger area? Woods, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, and but this, you know, His Excellency was the one driving all of this. 
and has been driving all of this for years. See, he's a golf fan. Huge golf fan. Uh, but used golf to attract American, you know, businesses and golf fans, and built golf courses and and had events. The, the, the next steps would be to to advance tourism by using, you know, a Phil, building a Phil Mickelson designed golf course that would also have a luxury hotel. Sure. That, you know, and you tap into the big stars that have already joined Live, and um, again, that's ongoing, and that's where it was. It's odd for me to hear from Jay Moynihan and the PGA Tour side that they're kind of under the impression that. You know, live will fade away, and you know, you know, this guy will run golf, but maybe it's a new team tour. I don't know because we have that Rory cut where he's talking about I hate live, uh, and I, this isn't live. This is this is the uh, the Saudi public fund uh, join, joining with the PGA Tour. Let's hear uh, uh, Rory on that. Do you have that one, Ty? Uh, I think it's cut number two that I sent you uh, with with Rory talking about his hatred, just very candid about what he thinks of the live tour. What do you say to fans who are disappointed in this deal? But it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from live. All I've got, tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PJ Tour stands for, and I think it will continue to to do that. Um, so look, going forward, I hope that there's, you know, there may be a team element and you're going to see maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like Liv has looked. And I think that's a good thing. Well, you're hoping for that, but he's trying to soften the blow that he looked like the escape, the scapegoat for all this madness. I mean, well, I don't his think feelings are hurt. Well, and I don't think Rory would say that if Jay Monahan or someone didn't tell him that this because they were the only again there were only four people in a room for seven weeks cutting this deal. Um, you know what is the plan? I don't think he would say that if Monahan or someone close to him didn't inform him that yeah the plan is to phase out live, but to phase in some new type of team golf concept that would be added to the portfolio and how we do things. And even Rory said, I may end up playing on some of those, but it wouldn't be live. Now, again, Greg Norman is talking a completely different. Yeah. I mean, you can call it what you want to. Yeah. It's, it's well, what they desire it to be. Well, then they now all answer to his excellency. Right. Uh, and you know, that becomes the question. Now, Alan Shipnuck is, has a story that that's where I'm reading from uh, that. Uh, this is interesting. Alan Shipnuck has a story today that says, uh, so how all this could work? Conversations with live insiders lead to the consensus that a schedule of maybe a dozen tournaments, some would be slotted on, slotted on dark weeks where no traditional tour event is being played, but a handful would be co-sanctioned as part of a new unified schedule. Co-sanctioned meaning, you know, PGA Tour and live or whatever it's called. Uh, he says, imagine the riveting frisian uh, of an event with six of the strongest live teams and a half dozen squads of tour regulars, uh, you know, going head to head. Uh, says so doing so for 2024 would be a way to make some of the embittered players who turned down mega offers whole. It says one live exec, now we can finally get Hideki, John Rahm. I would say every big name on the PGA Tour will now get an offer, except Rory. Nobody wants that little bitch on their team. Who said that? That, that, that <laughs> uh, journalist? A, a live exec said this to Alan Shipnuck. Now we can finally get Hideki, John Rahm, and I say every, every big name on the PGA Tour will get an offer, except Rory. Nobody wants that little bee on their team. 
Did he just say forgiveness or forgiveness? Forgiveness. That's his Northern Ireland accent. I didn't even realize he said hate. He also said hate. 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 Leave. leave. Oh, he's talking about the hate that played last night? (laughs) The the hate. And leave. Leave. Yes, he's got quite the the brogue for sure. But, yes, that is a a, – I'll retweet this story. It's just come out this morning from Alan Shipnuck. And remember, um, you know, Alan Shipnuck – Started all of it, not started at all. It all started three years ago. But it was Shipnuck who was who quoted Phil Mickelson because he was writing Phil Mickelson's book, and that's where the, the Mickelson quotes came, saying, "Yeah, we know who we're dealing with. They, you know, they killed a journalist. They, you know, kill gay people. They're they're not good people, but uh, we can use them to reshape the way golf is played." And you know that here we are, and now Shipnuck is is covering this story. So for Rory to say he doesn't think Live is going to exist, Joey Moynihan alluded to some of that too. Well, tell that to live because they're not acting like they're going away right. anytime soon. So again, I, that's why I say I started this conversation. And I'm fascinated because you know, did 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 His Excellency make an agreement with Jay Monahan to get this deal done that will end live that Greg Norman doesn't know about yet, and that's possible too because no one saw this coming, right? No one had any idea this was coming down, and it did. Uh, is is Greg Norman just going about his business as usual, and he hasn't been told yet that well, guess what, Greg, we're making some changes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But uh, very interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, global political theater, global sports theater, and it's a huge business operation. We know that uh, for sure. We'll come back. When we do, we'll give some final buck-ons and buck-offs. Also get you the very latest, get you uh, set up for Light the Tower as well on a busy Thursday on b It's Bucky and Aaron. Buck on and buck off. Appreciate our friends at the Austin Gamblers powering our Thursday feature. And remember, you can deliver a buck off any day of the week via our Twitter account, either on a video or just a written tweet. And uh, we'll have coming starting next week, we're going to have prizes for the best buck off every single week that we get. Not just on Thursday, but we'll deliver them on Thursday. But uh, good buck ons and buck offs today. And a buck on, uh, big buck on to our man Omar Uresti, who is playing today, Buck, at the RBC Canadian. Alongside, he's in the group with Justin Rose and Rory McElroy. How about his group today? And Justin Rose is in the lead, five under par through 12 holes. Uh, um, Rory is minus one through those 12 holes, and our man Omar is uh, plus two. Plus two. Uh, he'll have some interesting conversation there. I'm assuming he'll have some stories to tell uh, when when he gets back. And, and I'll uh, definitely be interested in what Tiger has to say because Tiger doesn't need another golf tournament, another round of golf to worry about financially. He doesn't. But I, I'd really be interested in what he thinks about the way this is this has all gone down. Will he still speak against it like he did before, or will he say it's for the preservation of the PGA that they had to do this? I mean, what is he going to? I think his. How is he going to view think, it? I, th- I believe his comments will be a lot like Rory's, that you know, accepting the fate, and uh, as long as we can keep the the tradition and the the legacy mm-hmm. of what the PGA Tour is. No, fifty hole, fifty four hole right. tournaments yeah, and things not, like that. We're not changing that dramatically. We're going to keep and honor the legacy as it's been. And look again, as we talked about just a minute ago with His Excellency, this you know, this tears down could potentially tears down that that wall, but that you no know, Tiger can get invested and get involved. With if he's not already with everything happening in Saudi Arabia and the growth and all of that, but and he'll make plenty of money doing that because there's plenty of money to go around uh, on that buck. You know what uh, Yasser's nickname is around the Live Golf Tour? D's. No, he, H E, because His Excellency. That's a, ah, that's he, is his nickname. That's what they call him. For, uh, you know, 
And we know that whole story. So that's where we are, the Buckons and Buckoffs. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, historic last night. Legacies are built in the NBA Finals, and these two are building one hell of a legacy. I mean, to do something that's never been done before, not just in a Finals game, but in any NBA game. Think about that, how many games have been played. For, for Have them do something on the road in Miami that's never, ever been done in an NBA game on that stage in that moment to both go 30-point 30, 30 triple-doubles that's incredible. I mean, that's forever history kind of stuff, uh, to say the least. And Jokic recorded the first 30-20 triple-double ever. 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. That's never been done in a finals game. So these guys are etching themselves not just on their way to a, to a championship, but also you know immortal as champions. And it does feel like this is the beginning of a, beginning of a five- to seven-year run where the Nuggets can be the favorites each and every year with that kind of talent and young talent sitting there. We had a good debate about Tommy Tuberville, this uh, U.S. senator from the state of Alabama, getting involved in the current NIL situation, calls it a disaster. And he and uh, fellow Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia are planning to draft legislation to uh, help even the playing field, he says. We'll see what that looks like when it's drafted. Uh, but that's been bucked off and bucked on by people uh, in support. Broncos are going excuse me. Uh, Miami Dolphins might be the early front runners for Dalvin Cook when he is released by the Minnesota Vikings. According to uh, Adam Schefter, Dalvin Cook and his agent have been, have been informed that they will be released by the Minnesota Vikings today or tomorrow. Awesome. I don't want him to go. Wait, awesome. I don't want him. To, I, awesome. So you don't. For, I don't want him to go. Yeah. But, but he's gone. I mean, they're letting they'd let him lose this morning already. I believe he. They have done that, right? But yeah. it says two release. I think it's that's probably a done deal by now. Well, the initial report I saw about an hour ago said that they're planning to release him tomorrow. But I mean, that led me to think, well, then they're they're like looking for your last <laughs> trade offer. Yeah. And um, uh, what I've read is he's been told he's going to be released. So I don't know if that's been made official. And he's officially a free agent. So uh, we'll, we'll follow that situation. We also know that the Dallas Cowboys are now calling their new offense under Mike McCarthy, calling plays the. Texas Coast offense. We'll just go with Tex Coast, right? Ty, can we just go Tex Coast while you're wearing your Terrell Owens jersey? Texas Coast. Tex Coast. I like the, you know, you like Texas Coast offense more than West Coast offense? I like Tex Coast. Tex Coast. Tex Coast. <laughs> yeah, man. Bring it. Bring it. Uh, which, where are we going? Like, you settle the bet. You like Texas Coast offense or Tex Coast? Tex Coast. Okay. That, sound, that sounds like a. Like a gas company. (laughs) Like a Ramco. Speaking of oil. (laughs) Speaking of oil. No question. Hey, tomorrow on the show, a lot to do. We will really start to drill down on the Super Regionals in college baseball, including the Longhorns. Also, TCU hosting Indiana State. That's been the key to this Horn Frog rise. Texas getting ready for a very, very good Stanford team with a lot of power in their lineup. A lot of good pitchers. This is a heck of a test the Longhorns will have on the road, just like they had at Coral Gables. We'll start to get into that and. uh, Really get after it. Also, the uh, other big events of the weekend. Get ready for a couple hot days to come. What are we thinking, 90? 94, 95. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Was it last year at this time that we were already dealing with, like, high triple, like, triple digits yeah, in June? It's, it's true. I mean, we're That's good. past that stage. It's time. It's wrong. But last year, like, early in June, we were getting triple digits. I remember oh. that, like, on a day-by-day basis. At least we've avoided that so so far, so buck on to that. Thank you to the Austin Gamblers. They are Austin's pro bull riding team, and we appreciate their partnership on a buck off Thursday. Also, your partnership on the Specs Tax Line and all of our social medias. Uh, load them up. If you missed any part of the show, including our conversation with Glenn Davis, our conversation with Eric Goodman, 
Also heard Drew Brees rooting on that Westlake baseball team. Make sure you go and listen to the podcast every hour. Podcast at hornfm.com. Craig Way, Jeff Howe, Light the Tower, coming next.